Hey everyone, welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars, a Lady Boss podcast. We empower goal-oriented women, business owners, and leaders looking for whole life strategies to live their best life. We bring you the key success principles to support you as you grow into the best version of yourself. Now, each week, we help you get ahead and succeed at a higher level. Folks, I'm Larissa Troach, together with my co-host, Cecilia Benford. So anywho, we do hope that you're enjoying our Home Ownership Podcast series this month. We invite you to share the series with a friend. And of course, remember to subscribe to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars. So each episode is downloaded automatically to your device. All righty. So this week, buyer's market, seller's market, real estate terms. I know they're confusing. Maybe. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not confused, but I feel like there's a lot of jargon and, you know, you're sure. supposed to stay away from the jargon. So right. with all the blaring and often conflicting headlines, it's hard to know which way to turn or what to believe. So when we're talking with you, obviously we're, as we said, trying to give you the best whole life strategies for you to live your best life. And in terms of real estate, you know, we want to, ow. Well, you know, we Generally speaking, I'm sure that this is the dilemma. We all want to know the best time to buy or what's the best time to sell. But I'm here to tell you that just like the stock market, it's difficult to time the market. Everybody wants to know the right time. You know the right time is now. That's the right time. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, the best rule of thumb, honestly, is to do your homework, create a plan, and make the best decision for your situation. So today's episode is designed to give you some insights on how to prep for either scenario, whether you're a buyer or a seller, whether it's a buyer or seller's market. So whichever side of the table that you're sitting on, this episode is for you. <sighs> and as usual, we're gonna suggest that you get comfortable and grab a pencil. I think we have some good notes for you. Now, I know you've all heard it, location, location, location. And that's one of the most popular real estate terms or phrases. And the next, you know, we also hear it's a great time to buy. It's a terrible time to buy. Real estate is dead. And you've probably heard them all. And does that just leave you scratching your head a little bit? You may also hear references to it's a buyer's market or seller's market. I do, don't hear that one quite as much, but I know there are different scenarios where people feel like it's one or the other. So honestly, most of us, we, you just want to accept those terms as the gospel truth because, hey, they said it. It must be true. But the reality is, it depends. Remember, yes, location does matter somewhat, honestly, because uh, you know, if you're, especially like buying in the Bay Area, you're paying for that zip code. So in prime areas, if you will, location does matter. And then of course your lifestyle definitely matters. Um, sure. For the rest of it though, real estate is cyclical and there are many variables, all of which are colored by your specific situation. So don't worry about what the, what the headline is telling you. Just pay attention, do some homework and call Call, call Larissa, call your realtor. 
You know, it's funny to see that. Well, it's all funny to me. It's like, same thing. You buy a red car, you see red cars everywhere. So yesterday I was doing my usual scroll and I saw an article that said, um, baby boomers are buying up all the houses and now millennials can't afford any. Really? And yeah, yeah, I saw that. It was a pretty long article. I wanted to kind of share it today, but it was like very long. Uh -huh. uh, but that was the gist of it. And what it was, was, I'm not sure if you were, you're probably aware, but in terms of the demographics, Millennials mm -hmm. and baby boomers are almost neck and neck in terms of uh, number or volume, like mm -hmm. 73, I'm gonna go with million, maybe it's a billion. But anyway, it's like 73 and 77, right? So the thing of it is, as boomer babes, you know, we have the money, so to speak. <laughs> so we, or we have equity in our past, um, you know, in the current location so we can afford to buy. Um, and then the article went on to talk about, you know, where people are moving, still saying people are moving out of the bigger, more expensive areas. Now for millennials, only two I can remember are Austin, Texas and Philadelphia. I thought that was interesting. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Austin, for, Texas uh, has come up many times, but Philadelphia? I know. <laughs> we were checking with Kevin on that one. Uh, yeah. But um, what was I going to say? And then, of course, nothing surprising for boomers. They were saying what was saying. Um, Phoenix, Miami, Orlando, and then oh, Las, Las Vegas, baby. So it was just kind of interesting how they broke it down. But, you know, of course, boomers, they say they're downsizing. They want to move closer to the kids or whatever reason, you know, they're moving, but they, that they have the wherewithal to buy houses. Now, that said, you know, previous headlines were saying millennials weren't buying, but according to this again, yeah. they had- Just give it a month or so, right? <laughs> I, I know, they change every five minutes, but- exactly. um, that millennials had had actually jumped into the market up until about 2014. I guess that's when the numbers changed and they couldn't afford to do it anymore. So like I said, real estate is cyclical. I guess I just proved that, didn't I? <laughs> okay, so anywho, what we want to tell you about, okay, buyer's market or seller's market, right? So maybe we'll just define those for you so that you can kind of, wrap your mind around some of the concepts, right? So to answer the question of whether or not it's a buyer's or seller's market, I hope you can accept that the real answer is, as I said before, it depends. Now, it's all relative to the location and to your situation. So a buyer's market, all that means is that the conditions are more favorable to the buyer, people who are looking to buy. And that could be because <clears throat> Now, these aren't the only reasons, but these are some of the key reasons that uh, the numbers skew in favor of buyers. Low interest rates, but we all know that can also work against you, right? High inventory. So low interest rates, that just means people can't afford to buy. High inventory, that means there's lots to choose from. So the sellers don't have a lot of wiggle room because there's a lot of choices out there. So if the price isn't right over here, or the seller won't negotiate well, the buyer can just go to the other one. So that's why a high inventory is more likely to be a buyer's market. Uh, motivated sellers, as I said, there are many reasons that people want to buy, excuse me, sell. So if, I think that's a very individual, individualistic reason. However, if there are a lot of motivated sellers for whatever reason, maybe it's the economy, maybe it's that particular location, you know, things are, if, if the economy is depressed in that area, sellers want to get out from under. Um, and then again, if there are fewer buyers 
available that presents better negotiation opportunities for you. So again, that would make it more of a buyer's market. You can, I want you to remember this, what, no matter what time of, what, no matter the real estate season, you can always negotiate on the price. You do not have to always pay what they ask. Maybe you like the custom drapes or the hot tub or whatever. So if it's personal property, those traditionally don't come with the house. But if there's something you like, you can always ask. You can write that into the contract. So that's a negotiation item. Or maybe you want to ask about seller financing. You know, he can, the seller can help maybe uh, carry the note or maybe even um, help split on the uh, escrow cost, for example. So that's a buyer's market. Those are things when you have choices and more uh, items to negotiate on. And of course, more choices when there's more houses out. Seller's market. That just means conditions are favorable to the seller. For example, like, do we say pre-COVID? No, mid-COVID, I guess. Mid-COVID, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were tons of buyers out because the, yes. the interest rates were artificially depressed, lowered in order to stimulate the economy. So yeah. everybody and their cousin, anybody with a pulse essentially could afford to buy a house. And so there were a lot more buyers. And so the sellers could afford to be choosy um, you know, they were possibly getting um, multiple offers. There may be bidding wars, whether the house deserved it or not. Yeah, and that's they drove up the prices of houses. I mean, yes, that was the other side of it. You know, the prices, prices are going up. So yeah. those are things that are, are, or when there's low inventory, there's mm -hmm. not a lot to choose from. So buyers don't have a lot of choice. And so, you know, they kind of all hone in. So those are some things that make it, <clears throat> a seller's market conditions more favorable to the sellers. Sellers more likely to get the price they want more than they ask for, or again, lots of people interested in the house. That said, there are a couple of other things that are going to be uh, influence either side of the table. We already talked about interest rates. Lower rates mean everyone can technically afford uh, qualified to purchase homes. So there's more competition. And um, the economy, when the economy is uncertain, people don't know what's going to happen because, you know, those headlines are confusing. Um, people are fearful fearful, or otherwise um, hesitant to make a large purchase or lenders are reluctant to lend. So the economy or thoughts about the economy can also impact whose market it is or, you know, what the conditions are for buying or selling. Now, here's the other, other side of the story. We probably don't think about this too much. I just only think about it long enough to get my blood pressure up. That's mm -hmm. when investors and hedge funds with deep pockets are buying up all the inventory. Yeah. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they yeah. even buy up whole neighborhoods. And I just, just I think that there should awful. be a law against that. I, I okay. It, even no, recently, so I don't mean to interrupt you, but recently a trailer park for heaven's sake, where uh -huh. people had lived for years and now with them buying up this trailer park, these people basically said they had nowhere to go because of, you know, what they were paying and now what they had to pay, you know. So, I, I mean, I just find it horrendous personally. That is true. Um, one one book I told you about, the lifestyle investor, for example, he he made his all his not all his money, 
but he got his start buying mobile home parts. And mm. obviously, you know, the person, they own the trailers, but they don't own that land. They yes. have to pay rent on the land where the okay. trailer part, where the trailer sits. And yeah. so, you know, people come in and they're just like all about the bottom line. Never mind the people who are living yep. to provide that bottom line. So these hedge funds, they buy up for the reasons we do. Excellent job uh, growth, favorable weather conditions, good schools, growing population, and et cetera. And so again, that impacts the availability of affordable housing. So there's a lot going on. That's why we would say, talk to your realtor because it's hard to know which way to turn. So but mm. if you want to buy Cecilia, what should they do? Oh, wow. So it's a good thing you told everybody to have a pencil. I'm saying if you can't write, definitely should be recording. Of course, listen to our podcast again, because this, this has really got a lot of information. And so with just understanding the basic terms, I mean, as Louisa used the word education, you know, we are really trying to help you become that sophisticated, that savvy buyer or seller. But in this case, I'm going to talk about mainly the buyer. It's really, really important that you, you know, well, get educated before you decide to buy a house, Okay. And, you know, sometimes we're just in a hurry or maybe we just got that promotion, ready to spend some dollars, or maybe your family's growing. And all you can think about is, I'm going to go buy a house, right? And so you have to, you know, you know, take a, take a chill pill. So here, you know, when we talk about home ownership, just think that is the biggest purchase you will probably make in your life. You know, there's some other people, you know, you got other money, but we're not talking about those people, right? So escrow. Did you know anything about escrow? Well, you have to set aside part of your house payment and it really protects you is going to be how much is going to go towards your homeowner's insurance. And also guess what? For those states that have property taxes, and that's most of them have property taxes. It varies. You don't know what that is. You got to find out. So you need to have enough money so a lot of times people think, oh, I'm just, you know, I can pay $1,200 for a house. But you didn't consider the fact that your house payment is going to consider part of your escrow that they're going to take out every month, that you're going to pay every month to take out, however way you pay it, okay? So how much should you budget for that, right? Could I, man? So I just want to share with you that there's people, there's two types of escrow. There's the escrow before you get the keys like you need to you need to consider about three percent of the cost of the house that's how much you're going to have to pay out of pocket because you prepay some things right you pay for the recording you pay you prepay estimated property taxes you got to pay for the house insurance transfer tax they get you going and coming so in the beginning you have to pay for escrow before you get the keys and then once you have the keys she's talking about escrow or impound account where they put money away for those other expenses right, after right. that. So you have to plan for two types of escrow. Right, right. So thank you. Thank you for that clarification. So um, a little bit, we kind of, you know, as she said, you know, budget after you have the keys, right? So, you know, there are all kinds of expenses that you can run into or just things that you didn't think about, you know, that you want to do with the house. Sometimes, you know, depending on what kind of house you buy, are you building the house? Are you, 
you know, needing to make some updates to the house. Um, you know, what about taking care of the, the lawn? You know, are you going to take care of it or is somebody else going to take care of it? They're just things that I would at least, if you're not familiar, if it is your first time, you know, talk to a friend, you know, get some ideas about what are the, some of the things that they do. Okay. Um, another thing is depending on, again, you have to consider is this new or is this uh you know nearly new so let's talk about something nearly new i'm going to use that to give you an example what about things like heaters uh air conditioning water heaters when i say you know heaters. come on fess up we both had that experience like i think i jinxed her how, right. my, how well, I, I did not say that to her so well, out. And, and then right after mine went out, hers went out. So right, I'll take right. the I'll take I'll take the hit for that one. <laughs> right, right. So she's fasting on herself. I, I I I wouldn't have, but um, and and even I was talking about it at um, at uh, actually a physical therapy session I went to, and someone said, "Yeah, it seems like a run on hot water heaters," and so you know that's just an aside. And since we've been talking a lot, I I, I have a funny story about that, but you know I. I don't want to keep you here too long but the thing about that is my husband said he thinks it's four that we've had this was the fourth one I'm trying to say I don't think so I, but I think it's more like I hope not and here's the thing you know back in the day whatever that day was things really used to last longer our appliances lasted longer these uh you know whether it's a furnace or air conditioning unit they lasted longer and you know, depending on what part of the country that you live in, you can't be without your air. Most of us really can't be without hot water. I mean, I personally don't like taking cold showers. So, um, and it's a whole nother thing with, okay, depending on whether your house is new or fairly new or older, you might want to think about getting home warranty. Mm. Okay. So we did have home warranty. Now, it, and then you get into other issues like this front, this water heater was actually still under warranty, which is a shame. It was only, oh, it was six months, six years warranty, and it didn't even last for six years. Oh. So ultimately, because it was under warranty, even though I had a home warranty, I had to pay for the labor. Mm -hmm. I got a new water heater. So there are a lot of little things that no one ever tells you about. I'm just saying, just be prepared. So what I would do, what I've learned, you know, some things is go check to see what your, uh, whatever your, you know, whether it's air conditioner or furnace, those are the easiest ones. You know, look at the warranties on there. Do you need to set aside that money? Okay. So I beat that to death. Um, oh, HOA fees. Oh my goodness. Uh, those can be decent. I actually live in an area that they're pretty decent. Oh, you have an HOA for your house? Oh, yeah. I oh, do. I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So HOA fees, you know, Home Ownership Association, really, they do, if you're in a, you know, not a custom home in your own air, you know, on your own plot of land, a lot of us live in a planned uh, unit development where you, you know, so in my case is Evergreen Woods. Well, uh, they, you know, it's the front entrance to uh the this particular 
neighborhood. Uh, neighborhood, right? Somebody's got to take care of that property, you know, make it look nice. Um, things like we have a big drain in the back. Actually, it's um, it really belongs to three. A lot of developments today put in drainage to, you know, that's to help with flooding. A lot of developments everywhere you look, you have, that's why we have birds everywhere and, you know, geese or whatever, but they put these big drains, you know, to help with the runoff of waters and, you know, keep the flooding down. And you, you want somebody else to take care of her. Occasionally, my husband goes out to take care, but I've kind of been putting my foot down on that because it's kind of like, well, the other two neighbors never do anything. Mm -hmm. This is when it rains a lot and it brings a lot of debris. Well, he goes and cleans it out, which that's what you're, that's what we pay HOA fees for. So I'm like, nope, time to go call the HOA. So it's things like that. And then that's, that's not too bad, but I heard some horror stories. Um, and I know Larissa could share something, but um, I, I've listened to some from my daughter, but anyway, just because of the interest of time, I'm I'm going to stop on that. But, but do a lot say, of times you can get into a lot of restrictions that nobody ever told you about. Mm -hmm. So under no circumstance, so so you definitely, no matter what, need to ask, is there an HOA? How much is it? And what are the rules? Because there are some, uh, for us, it was uh, how high the fence could be, what kind of fence could it be? Uh, it's also storage units. Some allow storage units. Some do not. If you have them, you know, what kind are they? So you you want to check that out. You wanted to say something? Recently? No, just that okay. it's not just for PUDs. It's also for condos. I just wanted to make sure you touched on the condos. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Folks so, would mostly think of them associated with condos. Yeah. PUD is kind of an, its own little animal. Right. Um, and certainly you can understand it in the condo because they're doing more for you, you know, shoveling, you know, if you live in a place that your walks need to shovel, cleaning, you know, cutting the grass and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, some HOA fees can be almost as much as a house payment for some people to take, you know, to be honest. They're getting ridiculous. That's for sure. Right. Right. It's really terrible. Um, so obviously, if it was me, I'd be making a list. So I've given you several things you should be making a list about. One is, first of all, are what are your desires? So there's desires. And then there are those, you know what? Do you, you know, must-haves, nice-to-haves. And maybe, you know, it's really a pipe dream, right? Okay, so um, there are, I, for example, I talked to somebody and, you know, they have a lovely kitchen, lovely, lovely kitchen. And the comment that I received back was, well, this wasn't my idea. It was my husband's idea. This is this was considered the designer kitchen. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's why you have all this stuff. And then there are things that really, you know, and I'm not saying it's going to be a husband and wife, but whoever, if it's two of you, you, you need to make some compromises because maybe you want certain things, but then your partner wants different things. Um, in our house, uh, we had to talk about the different ceilings because you could get, you know, the cathedral ceiling or you could get the normal ceiling. Uh, what kind of, elect, you know, lights or how many switches you're going to put in. Well, that's for somebody building the house. But um, but even, you know, just going to look. Um, another thing for me um, was I really wanted a mudroom. Okay. But now that I have a bedroom that I have, you know, we always want, most of the time I'm fairly contented, but you know, if I had it to do it again, I'd have a bigger mudroom because she, you know, it's just all that. 
But, you know, it's just things to think about. Um, another thing that I it is very important, when you are looking at your house, you know, you need to visualize your pictures in the place, your furniture in the place, because your furniture may not, you know, fit. Now, one of the things that, um, you know, because the house that you buy, how long are you going to live in it? It is what lifestyle features do you really like? Uh, how uh, do, are you going to use a fireplace? And if you are, depend you know fireplaces have different um, features that you want to look at. You know, do you want an artificial one? Do you want a real one? So I'm just giving you some things to think about. Okay, in certain cases, uh, as a building product for us, we actually had our fireplace moved because we wanted some other uh, usage of the room that the fireplace was going into, which allowed us, because we have a basement, to do something else different with the basement. So I'm just throwing these out because you can be creative. And then there are things that as you're buying a house, let's say it's a, you know, a, a house that's already <clears throat> on the market. It looks pretty good. But you go in, there's one or two things that you really don't like. You can speak up. It is something like Larissa was talking about negotiations early on about, uh, we always say, you know what, everything's negotiable. And there are times when maybe you want, she said, Drake, well, maybe you want the appliances or whatever, but there are things you want to talk about early on, you know, together, really consider now, today, with the whole energy crisis, depending on how you think about it, a lot of people are looking at solar. Now, if you're building a house, a lot of things are cheaper as you're building when you have to add later. So when you want to think about, well, what might you do later, or even if you didn't build a house, uh, but you know, think about, is that something you want done? So I actually had uh, a solar person come out <clears throat> not too long ago and so uh the long and short of it is i did not commit to buying solar uh it, it gets to be what are your priorities that's what we're talking about right and you know think about how long you're going to pay for something so some of the things that i'm looking at now as well how much longer am i going to live in the house and as i put things in the house i'm thinking about not only that I love what I love, but I ain't going to put, you know, a zebra pattern up if you're planning on moving because who wants that? You're going to have to change it. You got to look at, you know, floors. You you know, it should be what you like, but you might want to put in something that's sellable later. So again, there's a lot, you know, to chew on there. Let's move on to about getting pre-approved. So, hey, let's face it. You've heard the horror stories. You've heard some good things. All lenders are not created equal. So what I would share is that first and foremost, you just, you you know, just because you have your own bank account, yeah, you might, might start there, but you really need to get three quotes, three, three offers. I say quotes because that's how I speak in terms, but you need to go to three sources of funders. Now, I would recommend that, you know, your bank may not be the best place. Maybe not even your credit union. It depends. What you really need to go to is a mortgage lender. They're going to have more favorable rates. They're going to understand 
you know, things in the buying and selling market that sometimes, you know, people have these bank people that do these things, but they're not as, I want to say, I want to say both efficient and competent sometimes as a true mortgage lender. Uh, like I say, they have, uh, they're going to have better rates and, and even programs. They're going to come, they're going to know about programs. Like we talked about last week, they know about those programs more so than just, you know, a regular bank or like I say, a credit union. So you want to do that. You got to look at whether they offer points as something that uh, you need to take in consideration. Closing timeline. Oh, some happen quickly and some take forever. Uh, not often, but I've heard a couple of horror stories like, oh my gosh, how awful. Uh, inspections, that's another thing, you know, who's their inspector, you know, because depending on what kind of loan you're getting, you may need an inspection. Either way, you're going to need an inspection of some sort, whether, you know, the building the house or the house is already approved. There's going to be some type of inspection. And of course, you know, different rules apply to different, you know, municipalities. Uh, budget, budget, budget. You know, we always talk about budget. We've talked about budget in various ways, but you do have to have a budget. So hopefully you're already that budget-minded person anyway, but you know, maybe you're not, but this is a big purchase. So um, how what you budgeted, how your money is, that's going to obviously affect your loan approval. And, you know, right off the bat, the first thing I would say is just because you are approved for $300,000 doesn't mean that's what you should take out. Uh, sometimes, I mean, honestly, you can be approved for a higher amount than what you really are planning. Well, you know, maybe what you had gone into. So remember, it's all about your budget because, you know, the bank or whoever is putting together your package. Yeah, they have asked you a lot of questions, but we all know things that uh, don't go into that analysis like do you go out to eat do you have a child that's in sports and you have to pay a lot of fees there are so many other things that don't make that uh, bottom line when someone's putting up how much you can afford so please don't take out the top dollar even if you love the house okay so whatever your number is you do need to stick to it and of course people you can go around and be you know tracing around and yep yeah there's always going to be something just beautiful or, oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. And I've seen people, you know what? There's reasons that people default on their loans because they couldn't afford their homes, okay? And uh, maybe you are relocating. Let's not forget about that. So depending on, a lot of companies do provide that package. Some don't, even the government did that. I have moved with the government a couple times um but even with that there are things that you may not have thought about because moving does cost money uh you know making deposits on your utilities costs mm -hmm. money okay um another huge thing you might love being out in the country like a lot of people want to be away from it all but just think if you are working and maybe you do have to drive in to work how much is that going to cost you in gas? 
And uh, every time you have to fix your car, you know, the miles start adding up. So we can't give you everything in one fell swoop. So I'm going to leave it at that. There are a lot of things to take into consideration. And I, I'm sure Larissa would agree with me. This is kind of like, we're giving you the things that nobody may have told you about or that you didn't learn. So, you know, it's truly sharing from our, our experience and Larissa's case, her expertise. I learned a lot from my daughter, who's also a realtor. So, um, you know, she gives me stories and, you know, just things that people haven't considered or don't know. So there you have it. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting because, you know, we're thinking about, you know, what to talk about and what to share in our podcast. We thought this was going to be a short one. <laughs> oh, I don't know. She thought that. I didn't. <laughs> I, well, because we want to make sure we give you value, right? Yeah. And there's just so many things to include. and. It might have felt like this was a long list, but we, you know, we couldn't cover everything in the brief time that we have together. But there's a lot of moving parts, so you might want to hear this one again. Um, so we talked about how to set yourself up to be a successful buyer. Now we want to talk a little bit about being a successful seller. So you definitely want to be, I would say, first of all, one of the key factors to consider is what is your what is your motivation for selling. Are you selling because you want to? Or are you selling because you have to? Um, because I think, not I think, because I'm going to point out that your um, motivation for selling is really going to impact your willingness and maybe your ability to negotiate because we already told the buyer to negotiate with you. So um, maybe you can or maybe you won't because, you know, consider are you downsizing? Are you moving to be closer to the kids? Are you forced to sell because of job or income loss or maybe even divorce? So there's a lot to think about. So know your, as the saying goes, know your why. Because your why drives some of your other decisions that follow. So consider, first thing I'm going to say, because I know this comes up a lot, and I'm going to remind you to listen to the realtor on when it comes to pricing. Now, you have lived in this home. You have decorated this home. You have loved this home. You have created some memories. But the buyers don't actually care about this stuff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so pricing has to be based on the market, the comps, that means the comparable uh, houses that have recently sold in your area. That's the realistic price, not the heart price. You can't always get the heart price. So pricing too high can actually slow the sales process. And so again, I said, if you are forced to sell and you need to get on with your life, don't ask for pie in the sky because that is going to slow things down because first of all, fewer people can afford it or people are afraid to negotiate or, you know, they just don't think, oh, I'm sorry, they don't think the house is worth it. So don't price too high. But on the other side, some realtors will say, you know, price super low so that, you know, create a bidding war and you'll end up getting more. That doesn't always work, especially not in today's environment. For so sure. don't price too low, you know, because mm -hmm. you can also leave money on the table. So it's really... There's a lot of moving parts and that's why you need to get the have your realtor get the comps so that you can price the house fairly so that you are happy you make a profit ideally you definitely want to cover your cost and so that you have you know that your house sells relatively quickly now you might be officially sick of this word right now <laughs> so, but you have to have a selling budget also because it's not just the money coming in after the sale right? It's the money that's going to go out. So 
I, I'm sure you already know that you're gonna to need to pay a commission. The sell, uh, agent is not actually working for free because they are marketing, they're promoting, and in many ways helping prepare your home for the, a proper quick sale. So you need to pay the commission because you are paying for professional services. So this is really not the time to cheap out, okay? Just do know, however, that commissions are negotiable. There may be, you know, common, they say they're like, well, everybody pays this. Everyone doesn't always pay this. You can still negotiate, but just realize that you are paying for a service. Um, you should, your agent should give you a seller presentation so that you know all the marketing that the agent's going to do to move your home. There's, so choose wisely, interview and select the right realtor for you. You guys must be simpatico as the saying goes. And you also need to plan for staging your home. Staged homes actually sell faster because that helps the buyers see themselves in the home. And that's really what it's about. You know, it can be, again, these are your memories. The seller, buyer hasn't moved in. They don't have any memories yet. So that's not what they're buying. They're buying the possibility that this will be their home. So you do need to pay for some staging. Now, this is not me. You have to physically stage every room. You can just maybe do the kitchens and um, kitchens, huh? The kitchen and the main bedroom. Or maybe you do virtual staging. Virtual staging also helps, right? So just kind of depends on what's, well, your budget does impact that, but you know, what's, what's uh, suitable for your home, suitable for the market that your home is in. So do plan for that in your budget. You also need to pay, might need to pay for storage. So again, I've already said that the buyer needs to picture themselves in the home. So that whole portrait studio that you have with all your family members, third cousins, and down to your, uh, you know, your, your international relatives, you need to take those off the wall because that's about you and your memories. But again, the buyer needs to see themselves. So it's not just the pictures, right? So things that are, you know, uh, maybe you've got some, some taxidermy or something on the wall. So these are things that you can't, I'm just going to suggest that some of these things need to come out. So the things that are personalized and personal to you and definitely things that are valuable because there are some people. So take your valuables out. Don't leave those out in a, a, within view. And then, of course, to create more space so that the person, mm -hmm. you know, they want to feel like there's room to grow in the home. So if you've got all your stuff chock full up to the ceiling, that's not going to fly. So you may end up needing to pay for storage. Your realtor will help you with that and make some suggestions on what needs to come out of that. And I'm just going to suggest that you might need to make some minor repairs, some touch-up painting. If you can't paint the whole house, at least paint the trim. The mm -hmm. trim um, just really gives it a freshened look. And, you know, you can get more, a lot of bang for your buck if you if you do the trim, at least. It just makes it look cared for and attended to. Or, and, you know, it also helps with curb appeal. Curb appeal is, you know, how the house looks as people are driving by. They're going to pump the brakes because they need to go check that out. So you, you are going to spend a couple of dollars to sell your house up front. Can, can okay. I, I just uh, say something real quick? I, I, it's, again, too bad we can't tell these little funnies because I just want what you said, all the stuff you're talking about, sellers, people who don't listen to their realtors, I mean, they got some horror stories, y'all. It is amazing what people will not do that the real tells them. And you go into this house, either smells, because everybody's got a dog, can't get the smell mm. out. I didn't even get to the litter box. Get the junk out. 
it is just amazing that people don't listen to their realtors. That's one thing. Secondly, as the seller, you know, people want to also move in a house to think about things they don't have to do when they go in, which is another reason to freshen it up. I mean, uh, so I just wanted to just throw that out there that we're not making this up. And so it does make a difference that you walk into something that's really freshly spruced up. People really, really like that. And that would actually come under your uh, seller's presentation that the agent is going to give you. They're going to walk, they're having a conversation with you, but it also includes walking the house and making some recommendations. Mm -hmm. Again, the whole point is to get a quick sale. You right. don't want this house to linger on the market because you being stubborn, keeped out or didn't want to do something. So yeah, you, you got to empty the litter box. You got to take Fido out and, and, you know, maybe get a new bed or take the bed out while the house is doing open houses so Just yeah say. lots of moving parts mm -hmm. but anywho that's been some good intel i'm just gonna say because i'm i'm excited for you so i hope that you're excited and now that you have a plan or you have the framework for a plan right so these are some things you want to think about whether you're buying and whether you're selling we got you so what we want to suggest for you is to review this month's uh podcast series is all about home ownership from the market to affordability and now buying and selling specifics. Um, so if you're thinking of buying, create a written plan. I cannot tell you how much that helps. Your wish list, questions to ask, your budget, your must-haves, your deal breakers, all those things need to go into your written plan. On your phone, however you got to do it, it doesn't have to be a piece of paper. I like paper, but you might want to just Jot that down on your phone because your phone is usually with you. And if you're thinking of selling, what did I just say? Oh, yes, create a plan. You know, what's your timing, your moving, your budget for staging, relocation. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned that. You might, you know, if you're, you're moving somewhere. So there's a cost for everything and interview realtors because, um, you know, they're not all the same. And you, wanna, you want one that you are um, compatible with. You have the same... Uh, mindset, but um, someone is going to work hard for you. All right. Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to sell? Do some homework. Let us know how it goes. And before we go, make sure that you join us next week. We're going to have a special interview. So see, I should let you say this. Yeah. Uh, yes, who the interviewee is going to be. After all, we're talking about Home Ownership Month and we're talking about those special realtors and the special realtor is going to be my sister, Larissa. I will be interviewing her. So you must see if she knows what she's talking about. Okay, harsh. I'm sure what she meant to say was. That wasn't harsh. I like it the way I said it. That's who we want to know. You want to know a person that you can trust. And that's what that means. All right. So please join us next week for yet another Great Sister Podcast. We will see you then. Thanks so much for joining us and we will talk soon. Cheers. <laughs>